Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Which we call Resurrection Sunday, amen. And so uh, I want you to look to your neighbor and say, Happy Resurrection Sunday. God bless you guys. Happy Resurrection Sunday to all you guys here. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. As you guys know, Friday, Friday, Jesus was crucified and he died. But today is Sunday. Somebody say it's Sunday today. The stone has rolled away and my Jesus has got up. Hallelujah. Come on. Tell your neighbor, he got up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. For the new visitors here, amen, you need to talk back to me or we can stay here for a couple hours longer. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, now we're going to leave a little bit sooner, amen. But you know what, amen, we're just glad you're here, but he is alive and he is well, amen. And because he lives, we can face our tomorrow. Come on. Because he lives, amen, all fear, somebody say all fear. All fear is gone. Today I'm not going to minister on the gruesome beating and the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But I want to look at what Jesus left what he came to do, and where he wants to take us. Amen? What he left, what he came to do, and where he wants to take us. And today I want to minister on the splendor of the king. Just like that banner says in the back wall there, amen, the splendor of the king. Let's look at what Jesus left, amen, and understand this morning that he left, listen, his majesty. First, let's look at the definition of majesty. It says, greatness of appearance, dignity, the quality or state of a person or thing which, is, which inspires awe or reverence in the beholder, sovereign power, authority. It really is a definition of the splendor of a king. Jesus, somebody say Jesus out there. Jesus left majesty. He left the all of majesty for us. Tell your neighbor, he left it for you. He left the greatness of the appearance of the Father for us. His word says that the Lord is clothed in majesty. In Psalms 93, 1 to 2 says this, The Lord is king, and he is clothed in majesty. The Lord is clothed in majesty and armed with strength. The world is set and cannot be moved. Lord, your kingdom was set up long ago. You are everlasting. Psalms 93, 4 to 5 says this, The sound of the water is loud, and the ocean waves are powerful. But the Lord is above. Uh, the Lord above is much greater. The Lord, will, uh, your laws will stand forever. Your temple will be holy forevermore. See, this is the splendor. Of the king. Just like that song we sing, amen, how, how great is our God, amen. It says, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice. His voice today, church, 
his majesty. In Psalms 29, verse 4 says, The Lord, uh, the voice of the Lord is powerful, and the voice of the Lord is majestic. So he speaks with authority. His name is Majesty. Psalms 1, uh, 8, verse 1 says, O Lord, our God, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. Jesus is the only person who perfectly reflects image of God. In the beginning, amen, back in the garden, creation was perfect. Tell your neighbor it was perfect. Perfect, amen. There, because there was no sin. Adam's relationship with the Father was perfect. Adam walked with his majesty. He walked in the, in the presence of his splendor. Words cannot describe the time that Adam had with his majesty. It's like trying to describe the splendor of the Grand Canyon. How many have seen the Grand Canyon? I mean, I've never seen the Grand Canyon, but it says that it's amazing. It's an amazing sight to see. So to see that splendor, to see that creation here on earth, how can people say there is no creator? There is no God. Psalms 8, verse 1, another translation says this, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic your name is in all the earth, who has displayed your splendor above the heavens. See, the Bible says that Adam walked in the cool of the day with the Lord. Come on, the, the Lord longs to walk with us. He wants to walk with you and I, and this is what the Lord has always wanted from you and I, amen, is to walk with his majesty, to enjoy the splendor of the king. But something broke that relationship that the Lord longs to have with us, and that something, church, is sin. Come on, somebody. Sin came into the world through a small act of rebellion. Something that was so large and so beautiful and so free shattered God's perfect creation. Adam was separated from God. Separated from his splendor. Separated from his majesty by his own desire to act on his own. Any sin, church, from God, listen, doesn't matter if it's a pebble or a boulder that is thrown hard at a glass window, it will shatter that glass. The same is with sin. It will shatter our relationship with God. See, in the case of Adam's sin, God already had a plan in motion to fix it. Come on, somebody. Come on, he, he already seen it way ahead of time, amen. He said, you know what? I'm going to create man. I'm going to create him in my image. You know, I'm going to give him freedom. But through that freedom, there's going to be some mistakes. How many know that God gave us free will? And so we choose what we want to choose. How many know that he doesn't make you serve him? Come on. But we serve him because of his majesty. We serve him if you really understand the cross and the story of the cross and the blood of Jesus. Amen. Come on, that he came to set us free. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Come on, this is what the Lord came to do. Amen. It goes on to say that he didn't come to the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. He had a plan in motion. 
How many know you got to have some backup plans? Come on, you, you ever had some plans that just got spoiled? Didn't work out the way you wanted to work out? You ever planned a trip and things just got messed up? Hallelujah. Come on, you ever plan? Come on, sometimes it's just even hard planning lunch after church. Because this just starts fights. Hey, man, I want to go here. I want to go there. Where do you want to go? I'll go where you want to go. I'm a... And then we end up just getting eating leftovers at home. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> God had a, a plan. God, got, God knows everything. Can somebody say amen? He had a plan in motion to fix what happened, uh, the sin that came into the world, a plan to recover the effects of Adam's rebellion. And that plan, church, today, church, is Jesus. Come on, I said it's Jesus. That was his plan. That was his backup. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. He had a backup plan. Romans chapter 5, 18 to 19 says this. Yes, Adam one sin brings condemnation for, combination for everybody, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings us a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners, but because one person obeyed God, many were made righteous. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 45 says, and the scripture tells us the first man, Adam, became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. Jesus left his majesty for us. The entire Bible is a story how that plan unfolds, which leads to God leaving his majesty to God's own visit here on earth through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, what he came to do, See, this plan includes to clothe us, say me. Come on, somebody say me. Come on, to clothe us back with majesty again. See, Jesus came to remove the guilt of sin, to bring us into a right relationship with his majesty, to enjoy the splendor of the king, that through the sinless life and death of Jesus made it possible for God to offer forgiveness to all who want it. Somebody say, I want it. Hallelujah. I mean, what a great gift. Uh, what a great thing. Uh, what a great act. Amen. Uh, all the way to the cross that he came, amen, uh, to remove sin. Our small and large acts of rebellion only prove that we are descendants of Adam. Come on, that, but, but in order for the removal or the pardon of sin, amen, a sacrifice was needed in order to clothe us back with majesty. That through the blood of Jesus, come on, somebody say amen. Come on, through the blood of Jesus, uh, we're able to walk in a right relationship with God, uh, just like Adam did right back in the beginning. The Bible says in Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Ephesians chapter 1, 7 and 8 says this, in Christ we were set free by the blood of his, of his death so that we have forgiveness of sin. How rich is God's grace, which he has given to us so fully and freely. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says this, But thank God he has given us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus 
Christ. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. He has given us victory. Amen. That we can declare. Amen. The praises of him that calls us out of darkness into his marvelous light church. Amen. Come on. We're here to declare that Jesus is alive and Jesus is well. Amen. Come on. That he is up. Amen. He's alive. Amen. And he has given us victory. Jesus provided the final sacrifice for our sins. Because there is no other way to reconcile ourselves through God but through his son Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2, 9 and 10 recites, amen, Psalms chapter 8, 4 to 6. What do you, what do you see in, is Jesus who has given a position a little lower than angels and because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and majesty. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader to fit to bring them into their salvation. You see, the creation of man itself reflects the God's glory. Amen. You, somebody say me. You're a reflection of the glory of God. You're a reflection of who God is. But the son of man reflects the same glory, but far more perfectly. David tells us to worship his majesty. Although we are small and weak, God graciously thinks and cares for each and every one of us here. Come on, he loves you. He loves you. Amen. Uh, come on. Your proof of you being here today shows his love for you. Come on. You may have come in and you may have just come to visit. You may think, uh, you know, I'm coming. Uh, it's Easter or I'm just going to make my wife happy or my husband happy or, or whatever that may be. But the bottom line is God brought you here. And he knew that you would be here today to tell you that, you know what, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. Amen. I don't care what you have done. Amen. My, my blood will take that away. My blood will wash that away. Amen. I can make you whole again. I can bring you back into my relationship with me. Amen. I can clothe you once again with majesty. And you can reflect the image of who I am to this world. You're a reflection of his glory, church. And he cares about you and he thinks about you. And although we have damaged God's image through sin, God has restored it in Jesus Christ. Come on, in him, we can once again be crowned with glory and with majesty. We know that Jesus came and he left majesty, born of a virgin, arrested and convicted of a crime that he did not do. Whipped, mocked, beaten, and crucified. Shed his blood to pay off our debt. Say my debt. Paid off your debt, amen. Shed his blood so that we can be forgiven and that we can declare that we are forgiven. 
See, our theme this year is declare, amen, that we need to start to declare who we are in God and who he is to us, amen, that he is the great I am, amen. Come on, that he is the alpha, the omega. He is the bright and morning star. Come on, somebody, that you can declare the praises of him that's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're forgiven, church. <laughs> Come on, can you think of some the things that you were doing, amen? And he tells you you're forgiven. I hold it not against you anymore, amen. The charges are dropped, amen. I throw it as far as way the east is from the west. I don't remember it no more. Come on, that is some good news for us because we were on our way to hell, amen. And then Christ stopped at the cross, amen, shed his blood for you, amen, and paid off your debt. It's like going to the courtroom, amen, and you're there to ready to pay off that final payment or whatever it was, amen, amen, and he says, you know what, someone paid it already. Woo! Come on, all of it's paid, amen, hallelujah. Oh, no one's happy about that? <laughs> then you can give me the money that you're going to pay then, and then I'll be happy for you, hallelujah. Come on, wouldn't that be great news? That the debt was paid off. That time served was already done. That you don't have to pay one dime. You don't have to pay no time. As God just says, I've done it all for you, son. I took care of it, daughter. You're free. You're forgiven. Oh, my Lord. I look at my life and say, oh, my God, you forgave me? <laughs> oh, man. I don't even forgive me. But you got to forgive yourself. If God has forgiven you, listen, you need to forgive yourself. See, there's a lot of people that are serving God and, and they're, they're coming to church. They know that God has forgiven them, but they haven't forgiven themselves. So the enemy keeps them in bondage still. And there's a lot of Christians in church still in bondage from their past. But he set you free from the past. Come on, that's why Paul says, I, you know, well, one thing I do, amen, is forget the past. And I put my focus on what's ahead of me, amen. And I lean and I look towards Jesus Christ, amen. That's where I walk. You are forgiven, amen. And so for some of you here today, amen, you need to forgive yourself. Because what the blood did for you, does it for yourself. I ain't going to hold that against me anymore. I'm forgiven. I said, I'm forgiven, Hallelujah. And I have to forgive myself for the things I've done. For I can enjoy the freedom that he provided through that cross. So many Christians still shackled to their past. Come on, the devil has you. He's lying to you. He has you so deceived, amen. Saying you know, all this stuff. And come on, let go. Come on. Somebody say, let go. Let God. Come on, let God just do what he needs to do. Maybe that's what's lacking in your life today. If you want to enjoy the splendor of the king, maybe you just need to release some of the things that you have done in your life and just accept that God paid it all off on my cross. Amen. And start to walk in the freedom that he has provided for each and every one of us. Come on. He has provided us. We are set free. Hallelujah. Come on. Somebody say hallelujah. An attitude when you say that. God is good. Come on, it's not, not God is good. No, God is good. Come on, you got to shake that. Whoa. Oh, man, come on, you got, well, 
You, you, got, you, got, you, you can't just say Jesus, amen. You got Jesus. Something inside of you just have to wake up. That's when you appreciate all that he's done for you. Come on, don't forget what he's done, church. I don't care what the world's throwing at us right now. I don't care what surrounds us right now. Even with this virus that's around us, amen, God is still good. Come on, he's still powerful, amen. You got to hang on. Tell your neighbor, hang on. Just hang on to the promises and know that you're forgiven. You are forgiven. Tell yourself, I'm forgiven. We know that he came. We know that he left majesty, so that we can declare that for ourselves. So in the beginning, we were with majesty. Sin separated us from majesty. And he left majesty in Jesus in order to clothe us back in majesty by the work of the cross. To bring us back and to worship his majesty. The cross, the blood, reconciles us back to the Father. And that, we can have a relationship that he longed for ever since the beginning of creation. Jesus, the cross, the blood, allows us to come back and stand in his presence so that we can once again worship his majesty. And once again enjoy the splendor of our king. Somebody say, my king. The splendor of our king, church. So when you guys stepped out, when Sister Des was saying, my daughter was saying, come and dance with Jesus, that's what he longs for. Wants to just hug you, kiss you, tell you things. Like he tells me, you're so good looking, son. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. You made me. <laughs> you're my favorite. He tells you all that. That's how big his heart is that everyone's his favorite. But I speak it out loud. <laughs> I'm his favorite. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm at least top five. I'm behind John and Peter, one of the, you know, and then comes Art. <laughs> but I love him so much. You know, I can just take a, and any of you guys can do that. If you can just. Place a movie that we can just all sit and watch your life and see what God has done. Oh, my Lord. It would minister to all of us. And for some of us, just remind us how good he's been in your life. <laughs> and yet we complain of the things that hit our life now, that the things back there weren't good enough for what's happening right now. Because the same power that was back there in the cross that was delivering and setting the world free, and it's still the same thing when you, when you got saved. It still works today, church. There's still power in the blood. Can somebody say amen? Come on, there's still power in the blood. His power doesn't run out in 2021. Come on. It, 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 it keeps going. 
and going and going. It's like the Energizer Bunny. Amen. Go, 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 go. It doesn't stop, church. His power is everlasting. Everlasting. And he's even reaching generations that are not even born yet. That is how powerful the blood of Jesus is. And he longs to have that relationship with us. Jesus made it possible, you know, uh, it, uh, uh, for, for the, for the, for God to come, for, for him to come and restore our, our relationship back to the Father. Amen. And God wants to hold us just like loving parents and hold you in his arms and know that, you know what? I, I understand, Miha. Understand, son. You know, I understand that you can cry to him and he just wants to hold you in his arms. Just like he did when the prodigal son came home, amen. Come on, he, he was there with open arms to receive him. Coming from the fields of sin, coming from wasting his life, amen. He didn't, he didn't point the finger at his son. He didn't start saying, I know that you'd be back. He didn't start throwing things at his face. He simply loved him and automatically forgave him once he saw him coming. He automatically forgave you. Once you answered the altar call and you started coming and you're saying, forgive me, it was already done. By that response, by that motion of you going to the Father, he's forgiven your sins. Jesus made that possible, church. And he whispers to us in our dark moments. Come on, in our midnight hour. Come on, somebody. Come on, when you're all alone and and you're frustrated, and you're worried, and all this stuff, and then he comes and speaks to you. He tells you, son, I'm right here. I haven't left. I got this. I got it. Trust in me. And he starts to just to whisper his words inside your, your, your ears that hits your heart. And then you start to breathe hope again. He comforts us as we mourn. He comforts us when we're afraid. He's always there in the right way at the right time. Every time. He's always there. Times that we freak out and the times that we let go, we just prolong that. Once we get right and grab a hold of God, he, he shows up and says, I've been here, son. I've been here, daughter. I've just been waiting for you to come back. Exodus chapter 15, 11 through 14 says this. Are there any gods like you, Lord? There is no God like you. You are wonderfully holy, amazingly powerful, and a worker of miracles. Hallelujah. You reach out with your right hand and the earth swallows our enemies. You keep your loving promise and you lead the people that you save. With your strength, you will guide them to your holy place, to your majesty. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Just like an old song we used to sing, amen. Who is like the Lord? There is no one. He is strong and he is mighty, amen. He is worthy. Stand up and give him the praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Who is like the Lord? There is no one like the Lord. Come on, he, he, he is bad. Come on, he, he, if you look up the definition bad, God be right there. Jesus be right there. That's the definition of bad. Not the bad of bad, you know, not the, not bad, bad. Tell your name, he doesn't mean bad, bad. 
but bad, bad, good, you know. Like, wow, that dude's bad. That kind of bad. Come on. He's the original superhero. He can take out, I don't know who's a big guy now that's winning. Who took out Iron Man? That dude. No. Nanos? He's done. <laughs> what? Nano? Dano? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Lord just flink his eye at him. He'd be gone. He's bad. Come on, no one's like the Lord. No one's like him. Listen, when we worship his majesty, not only do we encounter the majesty of God, but we discover the essence beyond the garment. That's when you go into the Holy of Holies Church. That's when you tap into a place that you just get lost with God and you don't even care who is looking at you. you get into that secret place and you don't even know what you're doing. You're just in the presence of God and you may be on your knees, you may be jumping around, you may be spinning, but you don't care because you're with the daddy. You're with daddy, amen. You're with the father. And so you understand once you tap into that, that presence of worshiping his majesty, you go into a, another, another place than just a song service. Another place than just singing three songs or four songs and sitting down. It's, it's something different. In Psalms 145, 8 through 9, we discover that he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in kindness, showing good to all and merciful to all his creation, that he is a God who opens his hands and supplies not just our needs, but everything that we all, that we ever need, but the desires of our heart as well. He supplies all that, church. Verse 19 says that he hears our cry. And he answers us. That we must cry out in order to draw closer to him. And to wait. Tell your neighbor, wait. Got to wait. And you have to trust in him. See, a lot of people cry out and they want immediate rescue. And God says, you need to cry out and you need to wait for me, son. You need to wait for me, daughter. There are moments that we'll cry out and he'll rescue us just like he did with, with uh, Peter as he was walking on the water. Lord, save me and automatically reached down and brought him out. And there's moments that we need that in our lives. And there's moments in our lives that we're just going through a hard time and we just need God to move. But he says, cry out, cry out, and you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait a little bit. You're going to have to trust me and I'll show up. I'll be there right in the, right, right in the neck of time. I'll be right there to answer your needs. I'll be there right there to comfort you. And this is those, those moments you're going to have to trust him. Amen. Trust him. And sometimes those moments are darkness, church. Sometimes those moments are, is in that you're walking in that dark valley in your life right now. But God's still there. He's in, he's in your darkness. He's in that pain. He's in that struggle. He's in that place when you need a healing. He is right there. He knows sorrow. 
He knows affliction. He knows all that. He knows disappointment, church. He says, I'm right there with you. Trust me. Trust me. And I'll get you out of here. Make sure that everything will be okay. He's there. And he leads us. But you got to shout out. Cry out to him. And let him reach out to you. He hears our cries, church. Psalms 145.18 says, The Lord is close to all who call him. Yes, to all who call him in truth. Call him in truth. Sometimes we call out, amen, but it's not in truth, church. We just want something done right away, and then he blesses and takes care of us, and what we do? Take off on him again. Because we got what we wanted. It's the truth. Don't look at me that way. <laughs> It's the truth. Come on. How many times have you been blessed by God and you have left God or stopped trusting God? We've all done that, church. We all failed in that. And we have to learn to trust in him. Trust in him. You know, just because he's not moving the way you want him to move right now doesn't mean that he's not on the scene. You've got to trust in him. Sometimes he might just be testing your faith. He might just see where you're at. He's trying to align your heart. He's trying to fix some things inside of you. You're going to have to just trust him in the process of waiting and know that he shows up not to bail on him. What it's saying here is that he draws close to those who will continue to call upon him. These are the ones that truly depend on him. Come on, how many know you can't just depend on the government? You can't just depend on your job. You just can't depend on people. Come on, somebody. On even family. Hallelujah. Come on. You can depend on Jesus. Amen. He'll always be there. He will never let you down. That you draw to him. That you are truly depend on him. The ones that do not get discouraged that the answer doesn't come fast. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Did you get that job yet? Not yet. Praise God. <laughs> but it's coming. <laughs> Come on, those are the people that, 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 that trusted him. They're not discouraged, amen. They're not losing hope. Did you get your check yet? That's the thing right now going on. Did you get the check yet? <laughs> not yet. They said the ugly people get it first. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. No, I'm just going to trust in God. He's in control, church. <laughs> no one wants to say, I got my check. <laughs> Those that will continue, church, listen, no matter what's going on in their life, will continue to draw to God. Knowing that everything, somebody say everything. Everything comes from God. Everything comes from God. And nothing from God is bad. This is the other bad, right? Everything that comes from God is good. It's good things. He gives us good things. He's a good father that gives us good things, church. These are the ones that their hearts are filled with gratitude. It doesn't matter, amen, if there's money in their pocket or not money in their pocket. They still love Jesus. <laughs> Come on, somebody. These are the ones, listen, who worship his majesty. These are the ones who enjoy the splendor 
of the king. Psalms 145.21 says this, I will praise the Lord and, and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and forever. Come on. I'm here for the long haul, church. I'm not, I'm not here to get a fix. I'm not here to get just my quick fix or get my quick uh, uh, fill-in or whatever I need. No, I'm here forever. I'm here through the good times and the bad times. Amen. Come on, I'm, I'm here, amen, when things are flowing good and when things are flowing bad. I'm here for the long-haul church. You know, he is faithful. He is faithful, church. Being saved after 26 years now, he's been faithful. He's been faithful. And he has power and he delivers and sets people free, amen. You know, all of us are an example of that power, church. But he is faithful. And yes, dark things happen. That's why he told his disciples, in this world, you're going to face troubles, problems, situation, persecution, all that stuff. But he says, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Amen. Come on. I've overcome the world. And we trust Jesus. And Jesus is living inside of us, church. We are overcomers as well. By the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And the word of our testimony. Amen. We, we are overcomers. Trust in him. Trust the process. Wait on him, church. That way you can enjoy the splendor of our king and what he wants to do with us. He left majesty. And he came, amen, to clothe us back with majesty, to get us back into the presence of God, to have that relationship that he longs with each and every one of us. This is not a religious thing that we do here, church. We have a relationship with God Almighty. Yes. Hallelujah. Come on. We have a relationship. I can go to my daddy anytime and talk to him. And I can tell him what I need. And I can thank him for what he's done. And he'll always bring a peace that surpasses all my understanding. When things are panicking and we're freaking out and the flesh freaks out. And you just want to take matters in your own hands. That if you can just take time out and say, God. This is what I'm going through. This is what I'm feeling. And all of a sudden, you start thanking him for what he's done in the past. And now you start remembering everything. Oh, man. Him saving you is enough. Come on. Him saving you is enough. Hallelujah. And now you get back into his presence. And you grab a hold of his hand. And you say, you ready, son? You ready, daughters? Yeah. Sorry I doubted you. Sorry I messed up again. And let go of your hand. I'm willing to walk back with you. And you grab his hand and says, go, Daddy. Let's just do this. God is so good. Can somebody say amen? amen. As I close today, because my stomach is growling now. I don't know if you hear it, but it's growling. Because the, of the incredible majesty and the tenderness of God, we must be a people of gratitude for all that he's done. Don't ever forget what he's done in your life, church. Don't ever forget as he hung on that cross that day. One hand, Christ reached out into history. At the same time, Christ became our mystery. 
And the, his other hand, he reached out to majesty, which becomes our destiny. The Bible says that we have all sinned. Each and every one of us here have all sinned and deserve the punishment of death. But on Good Friday, we've seen his passion through his word, his love for mankind. We were born the sin of the world, amen, and he paid the price to set us free and declare us forgiven. It should be us. Somebody say me. It should be us on that cross, just like those two thieves that were hanging with Jesus. This Sunday means resurrected hope for you and I, church. And when we accept him, he tells you, just as he told that one thief, today you'll be in paradise. Today you'll be back with his majesty. Today you'll enjoy the splendor. <laughs>